Hello and welcome to another episode of Laying Down the Lore, a monthly podcast in which we aim to separate our ghouls from our goblins, our snotlings from our skaven storm fiends, and our bloodthirsters from our blood letters, and generally ask what's up with this Warhammer stuff. My name is Ben Barber, and I know fuck all about Warhammer. With me is my co-host Christopher Crallen Allen. Hi everybody, hi. Who also knows fuck all about Warhammer. Very true. And my dear brother Darren. <coughs> oh, excuse me, hello. <laughs> Who knows so much about Warhammer, it's a wonder he has time to do anything else. After gathering online to slay some vermin in the name of Sigmar, this dichotomy between our levels of understanding became clear, and this series is an attempt to address that ignorance. What up, fellas? Hello! Hey, hey, hey. It seems like an age ago since we originally played Vermintide, which triggered this podcast malarkey. Yeah, we might have to change the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Or we can just jump on Vermintide and just have a little game. Well, we played Vermintide like four weeks ago, mate. Yeah, not with Darren. Oh, well, not with Darren. Well, I'm going to turn 50 this year. No one plays with Darren anymore. (laughs) Nah, that's right. (laughs) Sucks to be you. Do we have to explain your greeting? No, I had a tickly cough. Okay, thank God. <laughs> maybe maybe if anyone's intrigued, we'll leave that for the uncut material, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know, you know. What is it with your suicidal <laughs> desire to be cancelled? <laughs> I don't even think you want to be cancelled. You just want to have a fight about free speech. <laughs> what I want is to give myself an enormous challenge during post-production. <laughs> <laughs> which this podcast is rest assured indeed <laughs> i was just walking a knife edge all the time <laughs> i'd love a bit of software on my computer that would just be like like a danger meter you know <laughs> if i play something on the head it's like you're gonna get arrested <laughs> it's like oh sure okay right, i'll remove that my controversial gauge is pinging i know for a fact that it exists i think it's called twitter <laughs> okay right We'll just post the entire transcript up there and get that head out for me. <laughs> That's like tier 712 in the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll be fucking millionaires by then. And if you really want to pay to read an uncut transcript of the show, you need help, I think. <laughs> yeah. You will need help. Especially if it's just the raw, uncut, unedited Descript transcription as well. Yeah, that shit is hilarious. <laughs> the number of like versions of my name that it's come up with have been amazing. Corn Barbara, <laughs> Chrome Babs, like you name it. Like, yeah. Chrome Babs. It comes up with so many different versions of my name. It's like that uh, video about people saying the word "pregnant" funny. Pergnant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pre- Am I? MJ Pregante. Pregante. Pregananananan. That is like a great video. My favorite one out of that video is Pregat. Is my girlfriend Pregat? Jesus Christ. Right. Crowligator, give us a WhatsApp recap. Uh, what's that recap coming up uh last episode 15 darren educated us on the great goblin skarsnik and his mighty rise to power in short here we go 
He was born, then enslaved by the very heterosexual orc tribe Backstairs Boys, gained respect, got promoted, <laughs> cut a deal with his old skaven slave buddy, Screed Crit Yellowtooth, to make him fang leader of Clan Moors in exchange for a super secret trade deal, which Scarsket got very wealthy. My flow, man, you've ruined my flow. I'll say that last bit again. Cut a deal with his old Skaven slave buddy, Squeak Crit Yellowtooth, to make him fang leader of Clan Moors in exchange for a super secret trade deal from which Skarsnick got very wealthy. But then he got caught, nearly executed, but through sheer luck escaped through only to. But through sheer luck. <laughs> but through sheer luck escaped only to be enslaved once again, this time by the Goblin Wolf Riders. And once again, garnered the respect of the Warband's chief, moved up the ranks, overthrew the chief to become the leader of the Wolf Riders. Headed home to Carrick, Eight Peaks, then finds his old arch nemesis, Snotrook, is now the big boss of the very heterosexual Backstairs Boys, who then throws Skarsnick to the squigs, one of whom recognises Skarsnick and saves him from being devoured, becomes best mates with him, and eats big boss Snotrook, thus making Skarsnick the leader of the very heterosexual Backstairs Boys. <sighs> Finally, Skarsnick hatches a plan to defeat the infestation of Skaven that has divided and fractured the larger greenskinned Crooked Moon tribe, saves the day, becomes the undisputed king of the Eight Peaks, and is formerly named Mr. Skarsnick. <sighs> nice Darren definitely didn't write that <laughs> I know right I might have fleshed it out a bit you look unimpressed Darren well I don't know I mean I just I don't even do, my main concern <laughs> I'm choking is on my own rage here that Kral's been struck on the head and doesn't understand what the word summary means <laughs> <laughs> it means to basically recite the whole episode again right <laughs> yeah as quickly as possible well, anyway, before... Oh, sorry, go on. No, 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 go on. I need, I need to take a breath. I need to come up for air, mate. <laughs> no, it's a true barter. <laughs> Skarsnik was the only greenskin story told from the perspective of a greenskin. What did you think of it? Mm. What did I think of it? Yeah. I thought it was a lovely tale. <laughs> <laughs> I think what Darren's saying is, what did you think of it in relation to the other stories that we've heard? Because your gripe at the yeah. start of this race coverage. Was it was all very yeah yeah no indeed yeah, indeed yeah it has been very human the perception of the humans and whatnot yeah i guess there was much more kind of glory to the greenskins and what they are actually capable of um so when you say this was written on the side of the greens this was actually documented was it was this like a written bit of historical yeah he had captured a playwright in a raid on a caravan and skarsnik was inspired to have his life dictated to this to this playwright on the understanding that it would spread his infamy, the tales of his deeds throughout the world. Right. Mm. Yeah. What well, what race was the playwright? Was it human? Or- human. Yeah. Oh, a human. A human. A human. Right. Yeah. Because right. right. there's a lot of kind of happenstance and chance in it. You know, he was suddenly saved right at the kind of the last minute, didn't he? Just before he got executed by the very heterosexual backstairs boys tribe. <laughs> But no, it didn't occur to me. I, did you actually? Did you say this was uh, written on the side of the of the Greenskins? Yeah. yeah yes, it yeah, was. Yeah. The, it was the first like five or six minutes of the podcast. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, it wasn't in WhatsApp, was it? Yeah. <laughs> you see, that's that's where you went wrong, Darren. Chris remembers from the last fifteen episodes is literally the WhatsApp recaps. That's it. He doesn't remember Dude, anything else. All I remember said. is the last fifteen minutes of my life. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, this shit ain't getting any better. Oh, Thank God for wiki fandom. <laughs> Put that bomb down. <laughs> I, th- I think it's the opposite. I think I need to hit it before I do the show. Might, <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I don't want to imagine, yeah. actually. 
Um, anyway, Skarsnik wasn't the only green skin we covered. We also had a gander at Grimgor Ironhide, who's basically just a warmonger. He loves a, loves a scrap, he does. Uh, Grimgor's a black orc who appeared in the Darklands with a band of other black orcs, collectively known as Dam Immortals. Das Immortals, ja. Da Immortals, ja. Who just wander the land, looking for worthy opponents to spank. Oi, oi. Um, they got stuck in with the dwarves, didn't they? They had some. Did they try and siege some sort of dwarven city? Uh, but he quickly got bored of that, so he headed north to Kislev, causing a lot of mayhem and destruction along the way. Beating any of the Kislevian uh, armies that were sent to him. Yes, Darren, how can I help? Nothing. I just wanted to see if my fart registered on the microphone. And oh, it did. Oh yeah, it did. I can taste. It I can taste it. <laughs> that little yeah. bump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not enjoying this as much as you guys, all right? The quicker you let me finish the recap, the quicker we can hear Darren talk instead, all right? Uh, oh, is there a recap coming, is there? I thought we were just doing that episode. Again. <laughs> <clears throat> so, where was I? What was I talking about? Something Fuck about women. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I mean, who really cares? Darren, you may as well just finish this recap off. Go. <laughs> finish this sentence. Grimgore got bored of fighting the dwarves, headed north to Kislev, and then... Started fighting other people in a desire to yep. get more and more powerful, refused to lay siege yep. to anyone, refused to try and winkle anyone out of cities. He just wanted to fight. Yep. He went up north yep. to the very top of the World's yep. Edge Mountains. Yes! 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 Cross. <laughs> yes. 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 Fought Crom the Conqueror. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> Two hands <laughs> on top of Old Smokey, <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite. And then kept fighting and fighting and fighting. Back down into the Empire, more fighting, some drinking, punching, a bit of fighting, and then standard Friday night out. Standard Friday night out during the Storm of Magic. No, wait. Oh, God, this is painful. Just let me get on with it. Jesus. So only when Grimgore encountered Crom the Conqueror did he experience defeat for the first time, which humbled the shit out of him. So he regrouped, went on a mission to prove he was still the best. Cue a montage of Grimgore training to 80s theme music. <laughs> and prove himself to be the best he did by defeating the Chaos Warlord Archeon the Everchosen. Although bizarrely didn't kill him, just held a blade to his throat gave him a little peck on the cheek and he walked off, didn't he? He didn't even... <laughs> yeah. Drop mic, bitch. I clearly misread that. Hit him in the cheek with his pecker. That's it. Just... <laughs> Dick slap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was about it. Sweet. Great summary. Loved it. I think it could be... I think we should be able to sell our own summaries as episodes on a separate tier. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Definitely, That's a great definitely, idea. Definitely, definitely, the definitely. summary tier. Yeah, 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 They'd be yeah. about the same length of episode. <laughs> Value for money, bang for buck. That is. <sighs> right. Are we fully recapped? I don't know. You tell me. I obviously don't know what a recap is. So, yeah, I think uh, we're done. Well, thanks, listeners, for listening to the <laughs> inaugural episode of Laying Down the Recap. Or recapping the lore. <laughs> recapping the lore. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Right, uh, for God's sake, give us another episode's worth of content. Right, so we have, over the past five Greenskin episodes, looked at the basic structure and physiology of their culture. We've waded through the leaders and notable characters based largely on other people's accounts of orcs. 
like dwarven accounts, uh, imperial accounts, that kind of idea. Except for the tale of Skarsnik, which was written by the side of the Greenskins after he well done, uh, uh, captured a human slave. and uh, No, not a human actually, slave. It was literally said less than 10 minutes playwright. ago. A playwright. A playwright. No, no. <laughs> he was an enslaved playwright, was he not? Oh, uh, you're an enslaved playwright. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I wish it was. <laughs> You're an I enslaved player, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well done, Chris. 100%. You get the first 100% of the episode, Chris. Um, oh, me. Yay. The- <laughs> yay. Uh, so what I thought we'd have a look at now is the general concept and idea of the WA, which is the great orc psychosocial energy. Orgy. Orgy. Uh, and then have a look or, at or Corgi. Or Corgi. Uh, and then have a look at how they make war, what is involved in a war and a battle, and who fights, and how do they fight, and what do they use. The war, the concept of war, always spelled with three A's, is the the psychosocial energy of orcdom of greenskins. It's a I can really only see it at kind of sporting events or at gigs where you get so focused and in tune with what you're watching that you feel the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and Mm. you're just sort of completely enveloped in the moment. That is Mm. what an orc or greenskin is with violence or the prospect of violence. So really for greenskins, there is only fighting and the prelude to fighting, which is every other moment when they're not fighting <laughs> it's just time between fights yeah time between fights so in general wah, uh, can i just ask quickly about the the spelling because i realized yeah. that on a tiktok channel somebody posted a comment on one of the videos that we uploaded that just said wah and then i responded back wah yeah which obviously had more than three a's did i fuck up uh you really offended them i think yeah <laughs> he didn't reply <laughs> what did so, you call me <laughs> He was like, God, this guy knows nothing. What a fucking noob. No, there's really only multiples of threes in terms of A. So it's <gasps> W, treble A, G, H is the basic core idea of it. Oh, look at that. I'm going to guess. Chris is holding out the picture I bought him for Christmas. Yeah, which I was is just about to get it. Wow. <laughs> Because I, I got a shitty printout at Christmas as well, Chris. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I printed those out myself. You <laughs> bastards. Yeah. You can tell. <laughs> Using my Epsom... <laughs> my 20 quid Epsom printer. It was actually in black and white. I had to colour them in myself. <laughs> yeah, so yes, it's in multiples of threes. The most common one is the one with three A's. There's a spell called simply Wah, which has six A's in it. And that's a super sane version of Wah. It ups your army's aggressiveness. It ups that feeling of involvement in whatever you're doing vis-a-vis chopping someone's head off. Um, <laughs> How would you reach that level of Wah? With six no, A's. Chris, that was nine A's. <laughs> this is a six A. Oh, wow. shit. Six that A's. has the reverse six effect. A's. It, it yeah. becomes diminishing returns after six yeah, A's. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody shrinks. <laughs> it's not worth the extra. Ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring it back. Well, it back. You, you, you increase your wa by channeling wa energy, which is the magical power of the green skin. So if you can imagine 
in terms of this feeling of involvement, the, the prickling up and down your spine, the kind of increased mob mentality of those around you generates... Very much like when we do this podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It generates a field of magical energy in Warhammer, and that is the field of wah. The wah field. Greenskin shamans are then able to tap into that magical energy, that kind of um, communal energy, and channel it into two distinctive groups of spells. One is called Big Wah, and one is called Little Wah. So, Jeff, right. Here's the thing, Jeff, right? What we need, <laughs> we need two groups of spells that can be taken from the Wah field. Do you know the Wah field? Right, okay. One what is you larger me, than the other. Right, yeah, what, yeah. The only difference got? in them is size. What have you got for me? <laughs> I mean, we're hitting a brick wall here, Jeff. We need some. We need some real yeah. creative thinking. Come on. So, come on. so this is Jeff now. Question: How many tits? <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, the big one and the little one really captures the duality of orc existence and their gods, Gork and Mork. So Big Wah is brute force. It represents Gork in terms of the orc religion, in quotes, the orc gods. And then Little Wah really is to do more with subversion of the enemy than anything else. So it's cunning. So it represents Mork. Uh, Mork's cunning but brutal, whereas Gork is brutal but cunning. So it's two sides of the same coin. And the things that the shamans are able to manifest are frankly breathtaking. Uh, the most famous of them, in terms of we'll deal with the big wah first, is something called the Foot of Gork, in which a 60-foot foot manifests <laughs> above an enemy unit and then stomps down loads of times really hard. <laughs> nice. That's so cool. Okay. <laughs> is that a foot made from 60 feet? <laughs> <laughs> 60 60 feet foot <laughs> oh, yeah. Does that fuck sense? me my brain is melting <laughs> it's 60 feet or 30 yards so it's a yard right, okay. but 30 of them oh fucking hell that's okay. a big old that's a big old stomper big old hoof yeah it's a proportionally sized foot that is 60 yards in length uh, so you've got me doing it now you can't uh, it's 60 feet in length <laughs> is, so it, is it an orc foot Yes, it's a green skin, foot. A green right, skin okay. foot. Weird if it was a human foot, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the foot of Gork, and it's just a hoof. Yeah, yeah it's just a chicken leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the foot of Zinch, I think I find. Uh, nice. You've then got the brute force counterpoint to the foot of Gork, which is the hand of Mark, Nanu Nanu. Um, which is this hand that comes down, scoops up an orc unit, and places it in the middle of the fight. That's amazing. So it uh, it doesn't teleport you; just picks you up and puts you down where you can attack the wow. enemy. So, so when it comes down and picks up, is it kind of can you see it, or is it just a force? Yes, with all orc magic, there really isn't any. Well, with Big Wah, there's no subtlety. It's it's all it's manifestations. Actually, yeah. yeah. Why? Uh, with little wire, it is sneakier and more subversive. Okay. So you would actually see a hand? Yes. This great green hand would manifest in the sky. It would come down. It would scoop underneath the ground, lift up the orcs. I don't know if it would lift up the earth as well, and just dump them in the middle of the fight. 
That's gotcha. mental. I mean, so, it's a hand. Can it not just clench a fist and it'd be like, pow, right in the enemy's kisser? That's the foot of Gork. Uh, that's, yeah, okay, fine. Gork's yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, brutal yeah. but cunning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Mork is yes. the... So Mork is the, the cunning bit is you're transporting your troops across the field. The brutal bit is it's literally you're just scooping them up and dumping them down. Right. Yeah, okay, His foot, okay. your face. Yeah. Splat. <laughs> yeah. We've mentioned the Wa with six A's spell, which, you know, it, a green miasma appears above the entire orc force. And their, you know, their strength, their ferocity, their frenziness just increases by a factor. And done at the right time, it's a battle-ending spell. They'll just go on a rampage. Oh, I see. So the wow with six A's is actually something that can be done to a wow with three A's to, like, amp it up. Yeah, it's a force multiplier for your willingness to fight. Wow. So is that temporary? Uh, yes, all these spells are short-lived, yeah. Right, okay. Fucking hell. Um, you've got things then like the orc shamans. It's real. I'm going to you stick with using orcs because it really is orcs that use the the big wa. Um, they have the thing called the gaze of mork, in which green lasers come out of a, a shaman's eyes and just a blast in a straight line for I think for forty eight <laughs> yards. It's very specific in the in the in the in the lore. Uh, you've so that got, was mork's gaze or, or gork's gaze. Mork. Mork. Okay. Uh, and then you've got, they can raise great idols. They raise these great stone golems out of the ground that then just go on a rampage. And then perhaps the most, certainly in earlier editions of uh, Warhammer, there was a great focus on the two kind of totemic aspects of Greensill culture, which was the evil sun and the bad moon. And the evil sun, originally designed by an artist called John Blanche, who's still there. He's still like the artistic director for Games Workshop. Against his will. Against his will. Jeff has kept him there. (laughs) Uh, Since the early 80s, in fact, it's this toothed red kind of orcoid sun, a very famous symbol within Warhammer lore. Yeah. Yeah, he summons this enormous fireball that looks like that and just crashes into enemy ranks and devastates and destroys. So that's the big why. Very, very in-your-face brute force magic. Very simple. Ron Seal magic, I would go so far as to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you answered one of my queries. I was going to ask that, by the sounds of it, the bigger greenskins, the orcs, would favour the big war. And the smaller, lesser greenskins, goblins, maybe hobgoblins too, snotlings, would probably prefer the sneaky little wa. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Excellent segue. The little wa then, as I said, deals with subversion and has got some great spells in it. it. It's more to do with disruption of the enemy units than destruction of enemy units, if you if you know what I mean. It, what's it? The Mike Tyson quote, everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face. It's it's Love that it. kind of idea. <laughs> so they've got spells like a, a great one called Nicket Nicket, which is a invisible green or an invisible hand appears and steals items from a enemy character. So it could steal like magic items. It can steal armor, steal underpants. It would be quite you know giving him a wedgie on the way out. <laughs> that kind of idea. Question: How does an invisible hand appear? Also, how is it green? Darren. 
Darren. <laughs> and we've cornered him. Question. We've cornered him. <laughs> we've got it. We've got it all. He's going to get angry. Printed. I've never been so tempted just to get a one-way flight to Switzerland out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> They're back. The biggest selling orc group of all time. The Backstairs Boys. Their greatest hits. 17 of their very best tracks on one album. Tracks like Everybody Backstairs Back. And I'm Too Heterosexual For My Shirt. As long as you fight me. Heterosexual healing. And hit me Skaven one more time, featuring Skarsnik. Plus, when doves fight, simply Dabes, and many, many more classics. Available on double-sided cassette tape, The Backstairs Boys, greatest hits. Uh, other things there, you can do things like the itchy nuisance spell, in which the shaman starts scratching themselves and then transfers that feeling of uncomfortableness and itchiness and that kind of idea to an enemy character, usually a shaman or a wizard. What's that called? Itchy nuisance. Itchy nuisance? Yeah. And that just makes <laughs> wow. the enemy feel itchy. Yeah, but like really itchy, like there's stuff crawling under their skin kind of idea oh right as if like they can't yeah okay yeah go on it reminds me of uh, Billy Connolly's sketch about his grandmother knitting him that balaclava on <laughs> 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 he's like ah answering my head <laughs> uh, you've got then of course we've got this will be one for Corral a gift of the spider gods oh, which is oh, what kind of gift a, are we talking a spell a, a spell that you cast on a friendly unit that gives them aspects of spiders, so they manifest like fangs and claws. Uh, and effectively, in game, it just gives them all poisoned attacks. Um, wow! Right, you know, okay. And they're able to scuttle yeah. around the place. And you can't spell aspect without specs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Ben. Good boy. I'm looking at, like I'm hearing biscuit. this kind of witty banter, and I'm just thinking, how are you single? Um, <laughs> all right dad joke i wonder how it is you're married <laughs> you're not the only one <laughs> she's downstairs going how the fuck how did i how did i get here was i drugged <laughs> people ask me darren how did you get vic and i go hypnosis um Rhypnol. <laughs> Hypno. yeah but i took it um <laughs> <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Next thing, bam, she's Pregante. <laughs> I combined them together. Rehypnosis. Rehypnosis. <laughs> it's a powerful combination. <laughs> Eat these, now look at this. <laughs> um... <laughs> she touched my hips and I clucked like a chicken in my sleep. Um... <laughs> And then, moving on, finally, in a little while, we've got the, the counterpoint to the evil sun, which is the bad moon. So again, a totemic image of the bad moon appears, 
scares the shit out of everyone and causes the goblins to go a little bit mental. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's, again, it's very straightforward, brute force, although slightly cunning every now and then, magic based on the general kind of miasma of greenskin thought in a given mm. wah. Mm. So with that and with the, the troop types and war machines we'll talk about later in this episode, you can imagine this, I'm going to say horde with a D, Ben, a horde of greenskins <laughs> come bounding down on an enemy force. So yeah, they're a force to be reckoned with. Wow. Okay. That itchy one's quite funny, but actually it would be really effective, wouldn't it? Like yeah. just making the whole, you, all your enemies like super, super fucking itchy that they just can't get their fucking armor <clears throat> off quick enough yeah. and roll around on the floor. You ever had a haircut where they didn't like put the 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 towel around your neck properly? Oh yeah, the back, the back of your shoulders. Oh, it's yeah. Fucking awful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's basically just that. So I thought we'd move on from the kind of general concept of wireness to its uh, rigorous application through the different troop types they have in the Greenskin forces. There are two main forms of greenskin armies. There's the orc armies and there's the goblin armies. And within those two types, there are a further two types plus a load of ancillary troops and war beasts and war machines that are added on. So really, there's four main types of greenskin army. And those are kind of regular orcs, common orcs, I suppose is to use the correct phrase, savage orcs who are just like common orcs, except they're really, really uh, cutting. Uh, the uh, That was a joke. You can all fuck off. There are uh, <laughs> common goblins. <laughs> the common goblins and night goblins. And then, of course, we've got the forest goblins with their uh, ass spiders. So just to have a look at orcs. What about the, first what about, what about the noblars? The noblars aren't in this. Noblars are in ogre kingdoms. Okay, um, cool. All right. <laughs> you fucking douche. <laughs> Show your face, Chris. Noblars. <clears throat> I think ass spiders have taken the spotlight so much. It should be the ass spiders and the, the, the forest goblins, not the forest goblins and the ass spiders. <laughs> yeah, I think the forest totally. goblins complement the ass spiders, myself. <clears throat> I can um, only agree, and so I sit corrected. <laughs> Excellent. So... Dealing with orc weapons, greenskin weapons in general, look like they have been cut from big sheets of metal. They're called choppers, and these are a savage mix between axes and swords. So it looks very much like someone has torn sheets of metal and then kind of hammered them roughly into the shape of swords and axes. Their armor tends to be... That's exactly right, Chris. Chris is holding up a miniature for anyone listening to this audio medium. Um, (laughs) 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 He's now making two orcs kiss. Chris, you're going to fuck the paint job. It's Mork's gaze. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. If we were recording video for this, that would be... Mwah! Chef's kiss good. <laughs> but we ain't, so it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so as Chris has just demonstrated, a lot of orcs have butt flaps. <laughs> <laughs> 
So orc weapons are incredibly crude, but incredibly effective. Their armor is exactly the same. It's almost exclusively leather armor with metal plates bolted on or scale mail, which is these smaller plates bolted on. They do have chain mail, but in general, it's made from the armor captured from their enemies. And so again, very savage, very brutish, not really interested in forging weapons as we would understand it. Mr. Chris. Do they just naturally prefer this crude weaponry and armor? You've told us about uh, various orcs going on uh, campaigns and defeating dwarves and looting their holds for their armor and weapons. Do they not choose those weapons and armor over them? Are they not superior or do they just prefer to use their crudely put together weapons and armor, their leather and metal? sheets and whatnot i think that more than any other race the greenskins just look at weapons and armor as tools it's tools to kind of satisfy their base need which is fighting they don't really put any importance on individualized weapons although they do exist there are magical orc and greenskin weapons that are imbued with powers from the wa in the in the tabletop game certainly in the fifth through eighth edition there were kind of general in quotes magic items which were available to everyone so it's like having a plus one sword or or, or, or. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would take the form of the different cultural kind of designs, but have a, a kind of similar effect. So yes, there are individualized greenskin weapons. However, the bearer is more important than the weapon. Mm. Whereas mm, gotcha. a lot of other cultures, it's the reverse. The weapon Man. is more important. The weapon makes the bearer more important. Gotcha. Mm. I, I could imagine the greenskins could almost not favor the superior magical weapons because they see it as an adv- an unfair advantage you know they want to be the the strongest the best and yeah. if they have a handicap in the form of a magical axe which gives them extra strength and abilities it's almost cheating maybe yeah yes but by the same token they will still use it because it's a proper weapon in quotes that they sure. can use to destroy enemies i mean they do yeah, yeah. use Dwarven armor and dwarven artifacts and human armor, human artifacts. But what they'll do is they'll panel beat a dwarf chest plate into a shoulder pad. Mm-hmm. They'll beat a, a huge dwarf double-handed axe into a one-handed axe. They'll use yeah. a dwarf helmet as a as a helmet helmet. As as a helmet helmet, yeah. Jesus Christ. As a merkin. Yeah. As a merkin. <laughs> <laughs> do orcs have helmets do we do we talk about this before do they have genitalia a fantastically interesting question the answer is no one really knows they may do oh. certainly they used to in in like third and fourth edition warhammer so you're looking at late 80s early 90s where they had one of the troop types you could use was a half orc and that only oh. comes about in one of two ways Orc on human action or human on orc action. Um, <laughs> they no half orcs don't exist in Warhammer anymore. And is that is that ever since the start of the kind of fungal species concept? Like when did they bring which edition did that come in? in? I think that came in maybe about fifth or sixth. So it's it, right, it's okay. later than that. I think they were starting to cut out genitalia. 
and now I've lost the plot. I don't know where the fuck I am. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Orc balls. Orc yeah. balls. <laughs> Orc balls. <laughs> Delicious. Worst restaurant experience. <laughs> ever. Put, them in, put them in your mouth and suck them. <laughs> yeah, or orcs in this, they are scavengers. They are gifted scavengers. They're also, you know, they have a capacity to create their own brutish weaponry, which reflects their own kind of culture uh, and is as effective as any other culture's weapons and equipment. The You mentioned the choppers. Yes. Is the, are the choppers specifically axes, or did you say they were a combination of axes and swords? It's any really kind of brutish-looking hand weapon. You'll see that orc right. weapons look like a top... Uh, orc swords are a very spiky, top-heavy scimitar, really. That's what they look like. Yeah, I, it, like the ones that they have in Lord of the Rings, like the Urukai use in Lord of the Rings. They've got, like, spike backs to them. Yeah, but they I mean but they there are they are recognizably swords, recognizably uh, axes. Right. They also have maces, spiked maces and morning stars which they use as well. Right. So choppers really refers to an orc's hand weapon. They you know. Right. Gotcha. The basic idea which is then further divided into I suspect types of choppers but that's not really ever covered. Do they do they refer to other items like that as well? Like you know, like the toilets, the shitter. You know, like the the thing the the thing that you do with it is the name of the item. <laughs> yeah, w- hang on a second. Given your track record on this episode, where are you going with this? I am not going anywhere with it. Which is right because because they're describing it as a chopper because it literally because it chops yeah. things, doesn't it? It's the yeah. the name of the action. So, are there other things that they refer to in that way? Is this going to end up with me agreeing with you that there is something called a fucker? Uh. <laughs> That's what they call a condom, Squig. <laughs> uh. That green girl you met, Ben, just isn't into you. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh. they have a very functional vocabulary. So, you know, there's uh, she, you know, I'm really now struggling. I'm at a loss to give you an example, but it is a very okay. basic kind of idea. Oh, no, I can. Like the um, orc boars, the boars that orc boys ride into, their cavalry mounts, are called grunters or snorters. Well, there you go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Hold on, let me just turn you up. I'll move the pointer with my clicker. <laughs> Get it? Get- Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'll shut up. You are, without doubt, my favorite cunter. Um, (laughs) so looking at the kind of types of orc or types of greenskin army that there are there broadly there's four different types uh, which all come together to make this huge wah but they they all in and of themselves can form little wahs greenskin army that there are there broadly four different types uh, which all come together to make this huge wah, but they all in and of themselves can form little wahs, or smaller wahs, little wah being the magic. So you're looking in terms of the different types. We've got two basic tribes of orcs. We've got the kind of common orcs that we would recognize from various other fantasy settings, and then the savage orcs, which are this kind of loincloth wearing snake venom imbibing lunatics and Mm. one might even say savages you then have two different types of goblin you've got uh, common goblins 
and night goblins. Night goblins being this kind of very unique, well, you can't really use very, can you? This unique <laughs> type of uh, troop within Warhammer Fantasy. You then have the various other little kind of ancillary types of orcs and goblins, but they're really more units that are added into an existing force. So you're looking at the black orcs, which is huge, bulky orcs, clad in plate armor with the best weapons that uh, teeth can buy, who are the results of chaos dwarf eugenics programs to make perfected slaves. Mm. Uh, Taking Chris's note earlier, you then have ass spiders, who are associated with forest goblins, this other smaller goblin tribe. Thank you. You're very welcome. So looking at common orcs, really that's going to be the bulk of any huge war that's ever kind of crossed into the empire or made war on any other race, including their own. There's broadly three different types of infantry units within a common orc army. These are the boys, which are just kind of the foot soldiers, the biggins, which, if we'll remember, were an invention of Gorbad Ironclaw. These are the bulkier kind of enforcer units within oh, yeah. uh, an orc force. The police. The popo. The 5-0. The 5-0. And then you've got what's called the Arrow Boys, which are the missile troops, which really are mm. a, a kind of Morkish unit of greenskins, a Morkish unit of orcs. Because most orcs like to get stuck in, in kind of melee combat, and Arrow Boys use arrows and shoot them at the enemy to try and fuck them up from a distance. They're really the kind of West Country orc. Arrows. All right, my lover, get my arrows. I'm going to fuck up these umis. Are these these boys all spelled with a Z? Uh, uh, Yes. Boys at the end, yeah. It's all very teenage-y, isn't it? It is a little bit, yeah. The arrows, the the big uns. But those guys make up like, 80% 80% of an orc army, a common orc army. You've then got the cavalry units associated with those. You have the boar boys who ride the aforementioned grunters and snorters. And then boar What's boy chariots. What's the difference chariots. between a grunter and a snorter? Spelling. Uh, one is at the start and one is at the end. <laughs> and okay. we, I'm not going to explain that. I'm not going to explain it. We'll just carry on. Okay. You then have... Boar chariots, so two big, huge, angry boars pulling a rickety wooden chariot with two or more suitably angry orcs on the back of it. That's not the same as the Swedish goblin pump wagon, is it? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. The one that you've got that book about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It's not mine, baby. It's not mine, mate. <laughs> this is the German orcish pump wagon. <laughs> <laughs> That's really 95% of a common orc army, just those five different forms of troops. You nice. then have them augmented with uh, units of really highly regimented and disciplined black orcs. You then have all the war beasts that go along with that. So you're looking at trolls, giants. Uh, and wyverns and some of the other kind of classic evil monsters associated with kind of bestial armies. You mentioned um, highly disciplined black orcs. I mean, I guess that's relative, isn't it? A disciplined band of orcs is still pretty rough and ready. They've basically just been beaten into line rather than kind of, sir, yeah, sir. Uh, yeah, that kind of idea. Although orcs, uh, black orcs, lean towards more towards sir, yes, sir, than they do the kind of common rabble. Really? Yeah, it's because okay. they are hyper focused on the activity that they're supposed to be doing. And originally, with their kind of genesis within the Chaos Dwarf Empire, 
It was fetching, carrying, and construction, and fighting as well. Mm. I have a question about the Black Orcs. What the fuck were the dwarves thinking, the Chaos Dwarves, when they created a slave that was like four times the size of them, built like a shitty brick house, <laughs> and and just angry and powerful? Like, what did they think was going to happen? Uh, they felt that they'd be able to control them through both magical and perhaps stimulant needs. They needed slaves and the goblins and hobgoblins that they were able to easily dominate were not cutting it. Right, okay. So, you, yeah, very much a slave race within Warhammer, uh, generated mm. to be as such, bred through selective breeding and magical kind of enhancements, shall we say, that they are able to just really... I suppose it's like what Chris would be if he was the Hulk. <laughs> Adorable, charming, a little bit unruly. Green. Yeah, yeah. yeah green <laughs> yeah. and slightly bulkier. It's like the original story of like Jurassic Park. You know, they had so many hopes of like, we're going we're gonna to breed these monsters and we're going to be able to control them. And then... Na, 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 na. <laughs> There's a dinosaur. There's a dinosaur. <laughs> it sounds like the Chaos Dwarves got Jeff to come and consult for them. <laughs> we need a we so need a slave what you race. Need is a theme tune composed by John Williams. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll keep them all in line. But yeah, while you're at it, make dudes that are like four times your size and really powerful yeah. and they're like but jeff do we need some way of like controlling them he's like yeah don't worry about that they'll be fine about they'll, they'll be, be fine. so appreciative that you've made those <laughs> what's the worst that could happen <laughs> hey look ah! what look over there look over where over there, at Shaman Gornos. Does he look like he's having fun? What, aren't you having fun? No, no, I, I am. But doesn't he look like he's having more fun? Smashing big foots down and stealing things from the enemy with green hands that somehow appear but are also invisible? That war magic's bloody brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's great, mate. But could this possibly wait? I'm a little preoccupied right here. Look, all I'm saying is it'd be great to just try it, you know? Don't get me wrong. Choppers are great and all, but imagine controlling that big old stomper. What a treat that would be. Listen, mate, you better focus on the task ahead. That kind of thinking ain't helping nobody. Yeah, I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> all right, carry on. Do you occasionally pause in the middle of a battle when you see your tribe shamed and think, what a lucky twat? Of course you do. You're just a lowly common orc, destined to die a violent death, never knowing the touch of the divine. That is, at least until now. The new war pen by Wartek uses the war field to generate localised war. That's war with three A's. By gathering the latent background war and focusing it through a series of war crystals, which really are actual things, the war pen puts the power of war in your hands. War. The war pen has three settings. Big war, little war, and mini war. Use big war to summon the famous foot of Gork. Or try Wartek's new painted nipple of Dork, in which a large nipple, powered by the lesser-known greenskin god Dork, appears over the battlefield and drowns your enemies in breast milk. Set the war pen to little war and unleash the infamous itchy nuisance spell. 
Or try Watek's new painted wah wedgie, in which an invisible hand grabs your enemy's underpants and pulls them so hard it splits them in two. If you find yourself between fights, fret not. The wah pen can ease the pain of these boring interludes. Set the wah pen to mini wah to heat up coffee, arrange your choppers, and file paperwork. The new wah pen by Watek. Cause why not? Watek. Yeah, so, you know, that's really common orc armies, augmented as they are with beasts, black orcs. You used to be able to take a regiment of half orcs up until the fourth edition, and then that got cancelled. So very much a kind of greenskin horde, a classic kind of horde army. You then have the savage orcs, which I think started out very much in the same vein as if any listener has ever experienced or Google searched Games Workshop Pygmies, very much a kind don't of... Don't Google that. Yeah, don't Google that. Do not Google that. <laughs> it's kind of the idea of, what's that? what was that British movie, Zulu, do you know, where you have this African nation attacking the mm. British forces. If you look at some of the early images, you're looking at bones through noses, loincloths, you know, spears, shields, and shields in the certain designs that are evocative of those 18th century cultures. So these guys really only have two types of troops. You're looking at savage orc boys, which are a mix of kind of spearmen, swordsmen, and arrow boys all mixed up into kind of one unit. And then you have savage orc boar boys, which are just savage orcs on boars. They don't really wear armor, except for a shield, perhaps some kind of armor constructed out of bones. Their principal defense is magical war paint, which gives them a kind of, it's more confidence than armor, but it, mm. you know, it, it allows their, the, the power of wah to give them a little bit of a force field. Do you think that's what Mel Gibson was wearing in Braveheart? <laughs> magical war paint. I, I love the Frankie Boyle joke about Mel Gibson. People complained that he wasn't very Scottish. And look at him now, an alcoholic racist. and i can make that joke because some of my best friends are scottish so (laughs) question savage orcs don't have traditional armor they have enchanted war paint which gives them confidence if you were to stick a savage orc melee combatant versus a traditionally armor clad common orc melee combatant who would win I think it would be even Stevens because in the game, Savage Orcs have more attacks. They can attack faster. And also, uh, they're hopped off their tits on snake venom and just frenzied. Uh, so they're like, it's, it's, they've taken three or four mouthfuls of ecstasy, but it's ecstasy that makes you completely like bloodlusty. Instead of just lusty. Instead of just lusty. So nothing like ecstasy at all. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really Savage Orcs. And Savage Orcs have fewer numbers of associated regiments of orcs or war beasts. But in general, they're a mob. Their army doesn't really have individual units outside of the different types of troops. They just charge forward as one huge mob and overpower their opponents. The classic danger for them in the war game, in the actual tabletop game, was once their frenzy ran out, they were really less effective because they couldn't ignore damage. They didn't get an extra attack. 
So they had to overpower their enemy on the first go, or otherwise it, they'd be at a disadvantage. And that's right. the kind of idea of these primitive cultures attacking more developed cultures. Wow. Both of these types of armies have a kind of command hierarchy, which you're looking at unit leaders or mob bosses. You're then looking at bosses, which are kind of lieutenants or captains in contemporary human armies, and then war bosses, which are the named characters. These are the big tribal chieftains that are, you know, they say what goes. So it's a very straightforward command structure, all focused on getting your army into battle as quickly as you can. So that's really orcs, the orc kind of war machine. Goblins then, much more, to my mind, much more interesting as they seem to be an authentic evolution of the idea of what a goblin is in fantasy literature to the to this point. So once again, you've got common goblins. Goblins. And much like savage orcs, or sorks, sorks. you have one kind of troop type of goblin. These are spearmen, swordsmen, or, or spear goblins, sword goblins, or archer goblins. And really, in the army list, it's one entry. And then you can decide which one they are. Uh, okay. And there are some units, I think, earlier in the third or fourth, maybe even the second and third, where you could mix hand-to-hand combat and melee troops within the same unit to give you a, a, a level of advantage. Hand-to-hand combat and melee troops, isn't that the same thing? Missile troops, sorry. Hand-to-hand combat and missile troops, range troops. Right, okay. But even then, you have a couple of different types of very specialized, but they're, they're again, much like Black Orcs, they're kind of add-ons to the Goblin army rather than the core of the Goblin army itself. You have things like the Nasty Skulkers, and these are kind of uh, the Goblin versions of Assassins. Nice. You've got the Spider Riders from Forest Goblins, which used to be a kind of full playable army. You had infantry and spider cavalry. You now only have spider cavalry available to you in the kind of lore and in the armies. As in the the forest goblin race or the forest goblins as a race are no longer an independent race. They're clobbered together. They're grouped together with the other goblins. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they've kind of been downsized where you're no longer able to get huge blocks of forest goblin infantry, which were these amazing look. They used to have miniatures and they're fantastic miniatures with kind of weird feathers in their hair, covered in kind of spider web tattoos and little spiders and uh, dare I say, probably pouches of ass spiders. (gasps) No doubt. And these guys would have poisoned attacks, which would be plus one to strengthen the game. And, you know, there there would be a good kind of tar pit unit if an enemy attacked. Mm. You just chuck these guys in front and they could soak up damage for a couple of rounds. But now, yes, that's now just done away with and you only have the spider riders. It seems such a well thought out miniature, really great design. And they're like, nah, we'll we'll just throw them in with the others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a shame. Sounds like Jeff again. Uh, you then moving on to the kind of cavalry. We touched it there with the spider riders. You've got wolf riders, classic idea of goblins riding wolves. Then you've got the wolf chariots. So these are somewhere between, again, another rickety chariot with a couple of goblins on the back being pulled by between two and four giant wolves. We'll remember a couple of episodes ago, we looked at Grom the Paunch, very much needed to be pulled around in a chariot because he was such a fat fuck. Um, 
Then associated with these goblin hordes, you've got snotlings. And really, snotlings are ubiquitous across greenskin races. These are, to an untrained eye, baby goblins. Cute. But not cute in a way like some babies are. Evil in the way like hobbits are. So these are guys (laughs) that they're like, effectively, how would you describe them? Incredibly emaciated, short goblins who steal everything with huge ears and noses make them look like those tricorn hats and their only real claim to fame is the snotling pump wagon uh, which chris is so fond of (laughs) which is a great mini the Mm -hmm. the miniatures for it are great again goblin armies associated with trolls and giants and if you've got spider rider units in there you've got the arachnarok uh, spider which is this enormous spider with what's called a howdah mounted on its back which has something like 10 or 12 goblins in it who are shooting arrows at people and it's used as a mount for characters as well for goblin war bosses and shamans that's cool so that's really common goblins their war bosses and bosses and shamans and unit leaders follows the same structure as the orcs and then we get to the really kind of interesting ones they're really one of my favorite armies which are the night goblins so these are the subterranean monk looking goblins who hate everyone including themselves holy shit it's quite self self deprecating then oh yeah so you've got a really the troglodytic ones yes (laughs) <laughs> troglodytic a word i knew before today uh it's um <laughs> again very much you've got one type of unit the night goblin infantry units they can choose between being spear goblins or arrow goblins and the interesting thing about them is they hide goblin fanatics which are these goblins that have drunk a brew of madcap mushrooms. So they've drunk like psychedelic, evil psychedelic <laughs> mushrooms, and they wield huge ball and chains, which they spin around and kind of decimate not only the enemy, but almost always their own unit as well. So it's like a whirling <laughs> thing of death as they spiral through enemy ranks. Again, the miniatures still exist for these. They're fantastic. And in Age of Sigmar, there's a new type of goblin fanatic, which has... And I still don't know if it's like a really kind of puffy mushroom at the end instead of a giant metal ball or a mushroom-shaped squig. (laughs) And it just kind of disperses spores everywhere that drives the enemy insane. Anyway, moving on. Awesome. The night goblins have a special affinity with squigs because they have herds of squigs. Of course I've heard of squigs. That they can uh, herd into battle (laughs) with... uh, Squig bagpipes, uh, at least that one landed. Uh, Symbols, prodders, this kind of idea. They can force these. (laughs) They can force these huge hordes of squigs into battle. And if listeners will remember, those are simply a row of teeth and an asshole on legs that just chomp their way through anything in front of them. You then also have squig hoppers which are possibly the bravest thing a goblin has ever done, which was to ride an angry squig into battle. Nice. So very much like a space hopper with teeth and the guy on top of it has an axe. What could go wrong? <laughs> can, can the guy on... How big are those squigs that they're riding? Uh, they would be probably two and a half to three feet tall and spherical, maybe even bigger. 
Okay, so so actually the the dude on the top with the axe is actually at a pretty optimum height to to do some oh, damage yeah, with yeah. his axe. Right. And okay. Squigs kind of, Squigs hop into battle. They bound around the place like a kind right. of a deranged kangaroo. Yeah, an angry kangaroo with thalidomide. I think that's probably the best way to describe <laughs> it. And and sunburnt. Yeah, it's cross between a kangaroo and a and a puffer fish. And it's just puff constantly fish. puffered. Well, I think that we've just invented a new animal called a pufferoo. A pufferoo. <laughs> Love it. Speaking of pufferoos, we then move on to giant cave squigs. Now, we have covered these in the past. These are where yes. enormous elephant-sized squigs that tunnel through the ground. And in at least one instance, and I'm trying to remember who it was, it might have been Gorbad, where they tunneled up through their opponent's camp and just chomped away. <laughs> so these are just herded into battle again on an individual basis. And then the piece de resistance of the Night Goblin army is what's called the Mangler Squig, which is two cave squigs chained together. So very much like they looked at a squig and went, do you know what? I like the idea of goblin fanatics. Let's do that, but with huge cave squigs. And they're just hoofed <laughs> at the enemy you know what's better than one cave squig? Two cave squigs chained, chained together. together in a kind of scrotum orientation. Let's just fire that at the enemy. Well, what's amusing is that in the miniature, one is always lower. <laughs> one, one is always bigger. One is always bigger. So that's really... But that's how they're meant to be, right, guys? Right, guys? <laughs> so it's really the kind of goblins in a nutshell. And so those troop types, those army types of the common orc, the savage orc, the common goblin and the night goblin, plus forest goblins, plus black orcs, make up the majority, you know, 99% of a greenskin army, especially on the larger waz. We've touched already on some of the war beasts that they have with trolls. There's several types of trolls. We've got the river trolls, the stone trolls, and the common trolls. The stone trolls really are found more with night goblins than anything else because they are, again, troglodytic and they eat so much stone that they're almost immune to magic. The river trolls are, are kind of what we would consider the troll under the bridge to be. What do, they, what do the trolls shit? It must be like dark matter if they only eat rock. In a million years, I would never have guessed that was where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what, what comes out the other end like how much gravel. how do they digest <laughs> gravel <laughs> uh, they are perfect if you need to redo your driveway <laughs> just get them to eat your neighbor's house and always ask the deep meaningful questions doesn't he <laughs> i did have a conversation with someone once about the in the role-playing game that some animals have in our world something called gastroliths so it's like birds will eat some stones and that will assist them in the kind of uh, oh, deconstruction yeah, the of food that's right yeah yeah so yeah. if a troll was doing that with rocks would it be a logical assumption that their version of gastroliths are gemstones and if you kill a troll um, and cut them open, <gasps> is it like opening up a treasure chest? Literally, a treasure yeah. chest. It's um, a great like idea. Like a pinata. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I know why this troll died. His <laughs> lungs were full of candy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but do they, do they gain nourishment from rocks? 
They must do to some extent. I mean, they, they eat other things as well, but yeah. they, in the lore, their principal thing is that not only are they really aggressive trolls, they're also immune to magic to a large extent. Um, right. River trolls then are able to vomit stomach bile on people. And you see that in a lot of other trolls, but the, the stuff that river trolls do is really is quite disgusting. Mm. And I shall make a note to put that in the show notes for this episode in a folder I'm going to create called show notes. Um, <laughs> There's a little insight into the background workings of this podcast. And it only took to episode 16. We have folders. <laughs> so that's really the the kind of types of trolls we then as i've mentioned before we have giants there's really only one type of giant in greenskin culture and it's a giant um you then (laughs) it looks the aptly named yeah it looks like a really tall out of shape human that's what it looks like um how tall seven feet that's pretty tall And that's just the model. (laughs) That's just the miniature. If the miniature was seven foot tall, what would it represent? What's the scale of the miniatures? It's 28 mil to six feet. 28 mil to six feet. So what's a seven seven foot miniature represent? Uh, 72 times. uh, He's doing this with pen and paper, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Here it is. Oh, he's got his abacus out. And now he's getting his calculator out. <laughs> Divided by... Carry the two. And it spells boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. spells boobless. I, I must have I've forgotten to carry something there. Because, yeah. It's, it's come out as 168 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, knows a lot uh, about knows a lot about fantasy but can't work a phone <laughs> calculator there's somewhere between 25 and 35 feet tall is the answer right okay right right mahusive uh, mahusive and uh, in a lot of the painted examples you see straight out of games workshop themselves these guys have been clearly beaten up and have are enslaved they're not there by will they're enslaved You then have the wyverns, which we've talked about previously, or wyverns, used as mounts for their kind of war bosses and shamans. And really, that's it for war beasts. There's very bestial nature to greenskinned armies with steeds they have for cavalry, the associated kind of heavy troops, like the trolls, the kind of monsters they include. And it's really once you get into the war machines that you get a little bit of hilarity added back in to the kind of toothy seriousness of the army. Amazing. What you tend to find is they're associated with common elements within armies. So you're looking at common orcs or common goblins, not so much with savage orcs, not so much with night goblins, because they have their own kind of intrinsic way of doing mm. battles. So there's still mm. a there's still a kind of cultural difference between the, the different types of green skin. We've mentioned the most basic of um, war machines is the Snotling Pump Wagon, which is these old-timey movie pump train carriage that goes up and down. You see it a lot in old black and white shows. Um, you don't have to explain it to us, Darren. We've all used uh, a Swedish <laughs> Goblin Pump Wagon. You know. Everyone's read Prowlsberg. is lying. Everyone- <laughs> Everyone's read my book. So, if it, yeah, imagine one of them with like a steamroller kind of front 
but the steamroller has loads of spikes in it. There's blades everywhere, and there's a horde of lunatic snotlings throwing stuff at them, up to and including their own feces. Um, (laughs) From there, you're looking at things like spear chuckers, which are just bolt throwers, as we would understand them. So effectively, just a huge catapult, firing massive spears designed to take down heavily armored enemies. Heavily armored enemies. Enemies. That that come on land. (laughs) Uh, Just roll across the battlefield. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you described that these bolt throwers... As catapults, they're more like ballistas. Like, is that sorry? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how would you describe them? A giant crossbow mounted on a wagon. Yeah, mm. yeah, got it. Yeah. But like ballista, a ballista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a ballista. Yeah. And those are the, again the very kind of basic elements with of war machines. You're then looking at the kind of more advanced rock lobbers, uh, which then immediately will go rock lobster. You're so fucking predictable. I'm trying so hard to hold it in. We were on the I can see it. I can see it in your face, Chris. You got a lobster <laughs> around the eyes. <laughs> Everybody wore matching towels. And, uh, and these were, interestingly enough, these were created in the lore in what would be considered modern day Iraq. So they are very much Iraq lobsters. Um, <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> boom! Uh. <laughs> so you've got the, the kind of smaller three goblin crude rock lobbers. You then have what's called the skull crusher, which are these kind of slightly bigger rock lobbers, which looks like a, a, a trebuchet. Um, I sent you fuckers a picture of a trebuchet the other day, and neither of you responded. I was very disappointed. Oh, sorry, buddy. It was a fantastic picture. But mate, B plus. <laughs> I even had my mother in it for a scale, <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was in the little sexual thing that flings things. Yeah. And we haven't heard from her in a while, is she? Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> you then have the largest type of stone thrower or rock lover. There used to be a range of miniatures called Machineries of Destruction that was brought out in kind of mid to late 80s. And these were incredibly charactered, incredibly well-sculpted thematic miniatures. And one of them was called the Man Mangler. And that's the largest stone thrower that the Greenskin forces have. And this was, I think it had like seven or eight crew. And it looked like, how, how would you describe it? Well, there we go. It looked like a, it looked, no. It's um, <laughs> as I was thinking about it. I thought no. It just looks like a fucking massive stone thrower. It doesn't need an analogy, you prick. Uh, I said that internally. Oh, oh. Uh, and now externally. And now externally. But it's this enormous kind of um, stone thrower scaffolded frame that has a huge bow on its side, linked to the arm that flips up and throws the stone, and then mounted on the front of it is this huge sculpted orc face surrounded by shields and it's fantastic and i had it and i always regret getting rid of it uh, because it was such a great scenic piece um but yes machineries of destruction listeners if you want it kind of a a proper trip of nostalgia search machineries of destruction for warhammer so those are the kind of war machines that have survived to the current day so you've got the classic stone throwers the classic bolt throwers or ballistas You then had two unique elements, one which was another machinery of destruction which no longer exists, and the other is perhaps 
the most quintessentially green skin war machine ever invented. So you had something called the Lead Belcher Organ Gun, which was a cannon, a multiple barreled <laughs> cannon staffed by goblins. Uh, and That's so if amazing. you can imagine four or five smaller barrels on a rig with one large barrel mounted on a kind of swivel gun on top, uh, staffed mm. by goblins, fantastic miniature, really evocative. That's so cool. Um, but it went sadly, that was just, that died a death because they decided that orcs no longer had any use for gunpowder, which I think was a real shame. I was going to ask, who made, yeah, who fabricated that device uh, for the orcs? Because the orcs, the greenskins don't seem that engineering based. Yeah, I think what it was, was that the organ gun is a dwarf war engine. So it could be that they captured a dwarf war engine and goblins worked out how to use it because goblins are the smart ones in a greenskin force. But again, it's my nostalgia, but it, it was such a shame. I think it was such a great, unique kind of oddball, warhammery, mm. uh, eclectic piece of war machine and really effective on the table, mostly because you could fire it and there was a real chance it would explode, not only destroying itself, but then damaging units within like 12 inches of it. <laughs> so classic greenskin happenstance. It's very clan scryer. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. You then have perhaps, and I think I, I had said on the Discord that this is the quintessential greenskin war machine, and there is even a mobile phone game, or a mobile game as young people call it, that you can <laughs> fire or that you can use based on this weapon. It's the Goblin Doom Diver Catapult. Now, if you can imagine episodes of cartoons like Tom and Jerry or Roadrunner, Roadrunner. Wile E. Coyote puts two huge stakes into the ground ties an enormous elastic band around them and then goes backwards and backwards and backwards and then flies forward in like a bat suit. <laughs> yeah. That's effectively what a goblin doom diver is. They ratchet back a huge troll gut elastic mechanism. A goblin gets into it in kind of comedy wings <laughs> under his arms and puts on a spiked helmet. And so what they're doing is effectively firing them into the sky. The goblin has to kind of roughly try and fly forward and steer himself towards the biggest thing he can see. And then, <laughs> boom, straight Nutty. into it with his spiked helmet, uh, if you'll that's excuse amazing. the phrase. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's really it. That's now it for the Greenskin War Machine, their armies, the concept of the war. And looking back over the previous five episodes, their kind of interesting history as dotted by named characters and their culture dealt with. We are done with greenskins, my friends. <sighs> Boom. Wow. Wow. Now is the time for questions. Questions. How are you feeling, Chris? How do I feel about the greenskins? Yeah, interesting, and I think this definitely confirms my kind of my view of greenskins in the Warhammer world. They've got their charm. They've got some cool stuff going for them. They're very different to the other kind of orcs and greenskins I'm oh, used yeah. to in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm not as enamored by them as, well, certainly not the Skaven. Certainly not the Skaven. But yeah, yeah, they're all right, aren't they? They're okay. They're all right. <laughs> they're all right. In terms of ranks, your your, your favorite races, where do, where do greenskins stand? 
pretty low for me, I think. Skaven are the one exception. I tend to always favor the perceived good races. So, you know, mm. dwarves, elves, humans. So, yeah, like, orcs have always been... My idea of orcs is very much, I think, based on the Warhammer idea. It's like, they're just cannon fodder. Like, it's just a yeah. a, a yeah. non-stop enemy to practice against. So, yeah, sure. pretty, pretty low... Pretty low, but I have I have found their histories pretty pretty hilarious, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely, Kral, Of all the uh, units that you heard today, what do you what would you be? What's your fave? I'll be the motherfucking Doom Divers. That shit sounds hilarious. <laughs> Just find <laughs> me through the air, yeah. <laughs> and I'll poke the biggest thing with my head. Plop, prong. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Are we all done? I think so. Yeah. I think, so. I think so. I think we've got cool, good gonna, stuff. Going to wrap up. Oh shit! No, hold on. We're not going to wrap up. Um, so we've been we've been contacted. Oh fuck! By Grimcore. You wanna you wanna hear it? Go on. All right, Grimcore here. I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. First up, I'm impressed you humans are taking an interest in me and me brothers. We do love a laugh <laughs> in a fight. We fucking love a fight. Which brings me to my second point. How come you always cast us as the bad guys, eh? But Grimgore, we are the bad guys. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Okay, fine. But how come you always gotta finish our stories with the leading greenskin dying? You think we're weak or something? Eh? You wanna fight? But Grimgore, the leading greenskin does always die. Or disappears. <laughs> oh yeah, we do always die. <laughs> So hold on, are you saying there's no bad news then? No, you're just meant to thank them and send the names. Oh, right, oh, okay. Well, thank you very much for your recap of our histories. Even though we are portrayed as bad guys and always die. To thank you, we have sent you some honorary greenskin tiles. That shithead PI agent that refused to take on our beloved Gork and Mork Clyre should have them now. All the best. And if I ever see you fuckers on a battlefield, I'll cut your balls off. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Grimgore, thanks, mate. Thanks for making the time to do that. That was something, wasn't it? Yeah. Mate, they're all reaching out to us. So that's Grimgore, Thankwall, um, the Skaven Choir, Orcish Choir. Mate, we're, we're sending ripples out. Aren't we? <laughs> we're po- popular guys, aren't we? I, th- I think at this stage we Absolutely. should also thank all our Patreons so that we could have afforded fucking Ray Winston coming in and uh, <laughs> reading the part of Grimgore Arnold. Given Frank Butcher, I think I think Ray Winston was giving Grimgore like vocal lessons. <laughs> right, who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Right, okay, Dar's first. So what they've done, uh, he's he's sent through like an orc, a goblin, and a troll name for each of us. So so I'll I'll give you yours first, Dar. So so it's in that order: orc, then goblin, then troll. Right. So Dargul Bristlebasher, Moonlighter of the Bearded Gits. Love it. Okay. Right. Uh, Darsnak Pun Puncher, complete and utter obliterator of dad jests. Okay. And uh, the final one is Man Bun Chunk Muncher, Why Not Top Knot? <laughs> okay, I like the troll one for the alliteration, but I think it has to be the goblin one. 
So dire, <laughs> dire snack pun puncher, complete and utter obliterator of dad jests. Now do me, right. do me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Kraldrak height slasher, shaman of the shorty short whatnots. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, the the goblin one is uh, Kralstick Dwarf Seeker, ex-lover of orcs. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, all right, uh, all right. But, the, but this and is the one, finally... man. I think, I, I think this is the one. It's the troll name. Go on. Krowrog Watts Crap, destroyer of the WhatsApp recap. <laughs> yes, it's got to be, hasn't it, really? It's got to be, it's got to be the troll one. Yeah. Okay. And so for me, the uh, the orc one, Grim Ben Skyscraper, Dead Air Extraordinaire. Eh, uh, six out of ten. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a good one. You could tell by the dead air after it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's you know it's Simon Extraordinaire. <laughs> um, ben Grot Choir Clubber, No Talent Ass Clown, and Orc Choir Dream Shatterer. That one, don't read the troll one. That one. <laughs> I, think, I think that one's a bit loaded. Um, and uh, the troll one is Benug Promo Stench, unwanted PR agent of Clan Can't Get a Job. <laughs> oh, it's a tough one. Goblin or troll, it's a tough one. Troll, troll for me. Yeah, troll. troll. Yeah, yeah, I, think, go ahead. I think it's the troll one. Troll. I am working on that. Jobless wonder. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm wrapping up. Um, all right that's all from us thank you so much for listening if you want to find out more about the topics we've discussed in this podcast you can find all the reference articles in the show notes or on our website at layingdownthelore.com you can also reach us on our socials and we've got loads of bonus material available via our patreon at patreon.com forward slash laying down the lore we'll be back again next month displaying just how little chris and i know until then bye see you later fight the power (laughs) 